0: Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's up, money women? It's Friday, which means it's time for another Q&A with Veronica. Do you have a question you want answered? Go to veronicagrant.com forward slash ask V to submit your question, and you just might hear it on the show. In today's episode, I'm answering the question, how do I buy expensive things? And here's the thing, this is not a specific question that anyone has asked me. If you do have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash ask V. I'm answering this question today because it's a question that I think a lot of people have but aren't asking it. Instead, it comes across as like, I don't have money for that. Or how can people afford that? And look, I want to be very clear that obviously, if you have more money, it is easier to buy expensive things. I mean, that is just math. But I think for many, many people, you probably can afford to buy things that you can't. And the reason why you think you can't is either scarcity mindset, which is a whole other topic. I'm not going to go into that today. I'll do another episode about that. Another reason is because of the way you manage your money. Here's how you can build a strategy to buy things that you couldn't think you could afford. And I'm talking about things that might be several thousand dollars, like a retreat or going on a vacation, all the way down to just an expensive sweater that you really want that would be outside the normal range of what you would normally spend on clothes. Okay. So number one is you got to get honest about your Day to day expenses. And you know me, I'm not saying that doesn't mean you shouldn't or can't spend zero dollars on things that bring you joy. If a cozy latte or dinner with friends brings you lots of joy and comfort and peace or connection or whatever it is, I think you should spend money on those things. But for most people, at some point, there will be a diminishing return. For example, if you go out to dinner all the time with your friends, or if you get a $7 latte from Starbucks every single day, at some point, there might be a diminishing return. Now, there might not be. You might need to look at another part of your budget, but usually there will be a part of you that's like, I spent $1,000 on that. That is where you can often find some money to put towards other things. And this is where you get to step two, which is to find the balance. I'm not asking you to not Get your lattes or not go out with friends, but what is that balance between where something brings you joy and where it just feels like it's beginning to feel wasteful to you? If you're looking at your spending and you're like, that did not feel like it was worth five hundred dollars or a thousand or a hundred or whatever the amount was, then I don't mean cut it out completely, but what if you just cut ten percent, twenty percent, maybe even fifty percent, depending on what it is and how much you're spending? And the third step is to save the money. But rather than just leaving it in your checking account or not spending it, I want you to put a purpose behind it. So this is where I like to have multiple sub savings accounts. Now, this is my term for it. This is not what banks call having multiple savings accounts. It's just in my brain how I think of it. So let's say you want to be able to remodel your home and you need $20,000 to do that. I'm totally making stuff up right now. Instead of just spending a little less money so that at some point in the future, you hope that you can afford to remodel your home. What you would want to do instead is one, do the first two steps, find where you have some extra money and can cut back because that joy to wasteful balance is off. And then you'll want to open up a separate savings account. That's just for this one thing that you want to purchase. And then you take that extra money that you find and you put it in that account. And by the way, in 2023, this needs to be a high yield savings account where you're getting at least 4% because that's a lot of money that you're leaving on the table if it's in a shit savings account, like from Bank of America. Just saying that for right now. Anyways, it doesn't even have to be for a specific goal. So for example, I have an account called a big purchases savings account. This is not for anything specific, but if there is something more expensive that would be outside my monthly budget that I want to pay for, I have put anywhere between two and $500 per month into this account for the past several years. And so, for example, we bought the SNOO for my newborn and that was quite a big purchase. We bought it used, but it was still not cheap. And so I was able just to use money from that account without it affecting my monthly budget. I wasn't purposely saving up for a snoo, but when we realized that we wanted to get one for her, the money was there. So you open the savings account after you found that money and then you start a monthly recurring transfer. It can be the same amount every month. It can be a different amount. Whatever works for you is totally fine. And then step four is just to sit back and watch the money grow. And then step five is to actually use the money. If you've been saving up for a home remodel, if you just want to have a big purchase account like I do, it's not for anything specific, but something comes up and you want to spend the money, then by all means, have fun. Another savings account that I have is a vacation account. Right now we're in newborn land and we don't really have a specific vacation on the horizon. We are going to go to New York at some point. But beyond that, there's not really much going on in that front. However, I still have a monthly recurring transfer going into that account so that when we do want to go on a family vacation, hopefully sometime next year, I've already got some money saved up for that. So you can have these savings accounts that are for specific categories without it being for a specific thing. And then that way, when something comes along that you want to spend money on, you have the money and you don't have to go into credit card debt. You don't have to totally wreck havoc on your budget or anything like that. And also what this helps you do is it helps you one, just see where you are with your goals, especially if you have those sub savings accounts. And most importantly, it gets money out of your checking account. I really don't like the idea of leaving a lot there. Of course, you do want some stuff there, but you don't really want a lot because you don't get a great interest rate. And when it's there, it's just sitting there not doing anything for you. Anyways, I'll do another episode about that, but I just want to give you an idea of how you can pay for things that you thought you previously couldn't afford. I hope this helps. And remember, I am taking private clients now. So if you want me to help you get your money shit together, whether top to bottom, we can work together for six weeks in the run your money roadmap where you will walk away with a actual money plan where you can look back and refer to we will fill out my money roadmap spreadsheet together so that you know exactly how much you're spending where you're spending what you're saving what you're saving it for investing all that kind of stuff. We can do that together or if you want a one off session where we focus on one to two aspects of your money. You can book one of those services at veronicagrant.com forward slash work with me. All right. I will see you next week where I have a very special guest on the show. It's the first guest of Run Your Money, which I'm super excited about. And I am talking with the student loan planner. I'm talking with one of their consultants about all of the loopholes and tricks and all that kind of stuff to pay back your student loans as quickly and cheaply as possible. They know every loophole, every rule in the book, and if you have any student loans, whether Parent PLUS loans or their year your loans, you've got to listen to this episode. Even if you think you know it or have a plan, what they know is just mind-boggling, like how deep they have gone on studentaid.gov to find every possible loophole to save you the most amount of money. So make sure you listen in next week, and I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something new. If you've got a question you want to submit for a future Friday episode, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash ask V. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss a new episode. On Tuesdays, I deep dive into a money topic and on Fridays, I answer your questions. I appreciate your support so much. And the best ways you can do that is to subscribe, leave a rating, or review, and share an episode with a friend. Thank you.